Genre. To Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one talking to a mask on a chair minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And uh, I am Niall McGowan. And I am John Parker. And we are from Bat Minute 89. Welcome, hey. guys. Yeah, thanks for being here today. Oh, but very happy to, to butt in to talk some Spider-Man for, for once. <laughs> Crossing Jesus. the divide. <laughs> that's right that's right uh oh. today you're crossing the divide to talk about minute 91 which begins with uh the mask on the chair saying but parker we can destroy him and ends with the goblin uh cackling while aunt may screams uh mm-hmm. so kind of a kind of a lot happening uh on on monday's minute <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the green goblin cackling was but such a, a rarely seen thing to, to come across <laughs> I'm actually happy you uh, you sent us these minutes because I hadn't seen this movie for so long, and then mm-hmm. I watched it yesterday to prepare, and this ended mm-hmm. up being my favorite minute of the film, probably. <laughs> so it's just oh, a cool. weird coincidence, yeah. Fantastic. Ah, that's lovely. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into some reasons why. Well, you know, like we brought this up. Um, you know, I, 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 I think, I think I was like. <laughs> Uh, four against one the day that we talked about uh the the norman scene of him talking in the the mirror and how i didn't <laughs> like i didn't like seeing him uh change in camera between norman right. and the goblin because i think that uh it would have made a better reveal at the end of the movie when he's unmasked um and and you know he's dressed as the goblin but acting like norman like i i feel like it would have been a better reveal uh, mm-hmm. this scene works phenomenally, I think yes. for that very reason. Cause it's very much a cut back and forth kind of thing. You know, like his back is to the camera looking into the fire as the goblin is talking to him as the goblin. And then it's not until he turns toward the mass that he is Norman again. And it's like, I, I really like how this is blocked and edited. Um, this yeah. is what I, this is what I wanted the scene in the mirror to feel like I, I think there was only like one or two instances where it got a little uh, a little weird for me um, in that scene. I think for the most part it worked, but like seeing the change happen in real time on his face, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of uh, in the context yeah. of those early scenes. But here it, it's great. It's, yeah, that definitely should have come much later in the movie. This seems like this would this scene we're looking at now should have been the first time you're getting this kind of glimpse of things. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, at least this like clearly delineated between the two. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like that the, the focus is uh, there's, there's no cheats really. Cause in that earlier scene, there were a couple moments of like cheating where you could like still hear the goblins voice when you were on Norman and they had compressed things a little bit, but here it's just literally 
you focus on the object when you have the other voice and then you can cut back to Norman. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, a, a little simpler, maybe not as much of a like cool acting uh, right. exercise or showcase. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, is, it's yeah. not, this isn't the Willem Dafoe showcase like that mirror scene is. Um, yeah. But, but I don't, I don't think I, again, like I said that, you know, during that week when we were with the Indiana Jones minute guys, I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a good enough excuse for it to be the way that it is. <laughs> Just let him do uh, what he wants. Fair <laughs> yeah. I will say I that tend it, to think Willem Dafoe showcases are a good enough excuse for anything, but oh, that's just yeah. me. <laughs> I will say that it, it, it's, it, it does actually help one major thing that like, it's a common problem that people complain about in the film in that when he has the green goblin outfit on, he looks a bit silly. And then when mm. the, the mask static by itself in that chair actually looks really cool. Like oh, you, yeah. you can see like the potential. Yeah. It's like, oh, it looks so much more fearsome when it's not him inside the thing. And it's, you can see Willem Dafoe's eyes through it and stuff. It, it's not as, as kind of power ranger, ranger looking as people commonly refer to it. And right. uh, yeah. I, it's just more, I can, I can see there's like, uh, you know, that, that, that's the one, the one scene where the mask like really works for me, you know, in terms of like, Oh, that actually does look like vaguely kind of terrifying. Whereas it um, works, uh, it works really well in any scene with low lighting is what we found. Um, Mm -hmm. the the scenes where he's standing out in the daylight, uh, it doesn't work as well. I think that's when it looks the most power rangery. Unfortunately, that's the first time we see the costume, Mm. It is out in the open in the middle of the day, like in the middle of a, of a, a big festival. Um, so that's unfortunate, but I think that later scenes like this one and like the scene in the, uh, the, where, uh, Spider-Man and the goblin are fighting in the, uh, in the, um, the burning building. Yeah. The burning the, building. Um, yeah. I think it looks really good there because it's just lit by the fire. And so you get to see like all the pearlescent purple, um, that's kind of like mixed in and like, it just looks really good. Uh, mm-hmm. but in, in the daytime scenes, um, not as much. And then as we talked about the roof scene, which I just love to pieces as dumb as it is, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I understand that the, uh, body language of the goblin in that scene doesn't work for a lot of people, but it works <laughs> like gangbusters for me. So <laughs> I do remember like it, and like it, well, I would have been like what fourteen when that film when this film came out or fourteen or fifteen, and I do remember like mm-hmm. in the cinema when he kind of leans against the the skylight and he sort of taps Spider Man on the head like audibly, been like, <laughs> you know, that's, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a strange it's tone with this with this villain. You can't, he's not quite yeah. realistic. He's not quite silly. It's a strange blend of the two. I think. Hmm. Well, it, what I like about it though is that he's. I mean, he's insane and like literally insane, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and so like, I like that it's this, you know, it, he does look silly, but yeah, a crazy person wearing a costume and pretending <laughs> to be a goblin would be crazy looking. Like it would be, <laughs> oh, yeah. it'd be ridiculous. It'd be so silly if you just saw some guy walk up to you, like wearing this and being like, I'm the green <laughs> goblin. Like it would be so dumb. Well, as you um, can see on the side here though, he's, he's got a thing for masks anyway. He's got a, right, a, a right. collection yeah. of them here on the left. So yeah. he that's does. his kind of uh, field. 
Is this is this the first yeah. time that we really get seeing that he has this collection of masks? Is, no, is, are, we, are we they pro- some glimpses at it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this we, is the we, first time that his mask is in and amongst them. So yeah. Right. It feels right. less distinct. So I wonder because uh, somebody pointed this out on the uh, on the uh, friendly neighborhood listener group on Facebook. Uh, in the there was an interview in Wizard magazine um, in 2002 or maybe even 2001. Prior to this movie coming out, there was an interview with Sam Raimi and they were asking, like, how are you going to make sense out of that goblin mask? And uh, Sam Raimi suggested that it looks that way because, um, you know, that was that was part of the whole outfit, like the whole glider outfit. And the idea was that the mask was there to, like, intimidate other soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. From the opposite side. And, and so what I what I. Now, what I think that I wonder if these masks are, were they things he was collecting as inspiration mm. when designing this helmet thing? That's ah, actually like one of the yeah. notes I was going to bring up was like, is this supposed to be an indication that the, the mask was like a like a pet project of Norman's where he's like, I want this. I want them to see something really scary coming towards them as well. And it's it's yeah. going to be like one of these <laughs> things, which is, you know, yeah. what we've what we've posited in um, quite similar to. Uh, the film we're covering, uh, you know, the 1989 Batman film where it has Bruce Wayne's Hall of Armor, where mm-hmm. we've, we've, yes. we've theorized oh, it yes. like, oh, this well, is where same. he's taken little elements of like that, that, you know, quote, would inspire the Bat costume in some way. And, you know, he's kind of like, there's where yeah. he got the, the gauntlets from. And that's where he's got this idea from. And there's a glider kind of thing in the back and all this sort of stuff. So that's why he can't turn his head. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. But it's been yeah, percolating it's on it for a while with all these things. He's like, oh, the perfect excuse to lend all of my, you know, mask expertise <laughs> over the years. Right. It's oh, a strange well, thing yeah, to bring uh, into this project, to be honest. You know, making sure, this military yeah. equipment. <laughs> but I know uh, what they need: a horrible mask based on these things I've collected. <laughs> yeah, but there's another thing we as have, well. Um, I've noticed mm-hmm. the, in the. Um, I'm not too sure if it's part of the mask collection or if it's just some sort of weird, like I don't know, sort of display thing or whatever. But like when the, the shot of Norman leaning against the fire, there's like a weird, it's like a head that looks like it's melted into the table or something. Yeah, it's horrible. What the hell yeah. is that? I'm not too like it's. Wait. It's obviously been placed yeah. there deliberately for some reason. Like there's no, there's no chance that Raimi was like, oh, whatever. It's like he's obviously put that there <laughs> deliberately. But I'm I'm trying to. Is this like it's just, you know because it's kind of half a person. Is this supposed to be an indication that you know Norman's now like he's, he's fading away even more now that like it's only this little ooh, you know ooh. it's symbolic of that ooh, in some way. Yeah, or, yeah. I could Maybe. see that. I could see that. Yeah. Well, and, sure. and 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 you know, I mean, not to um go back. I, well, I want to go back to what you said though. You were like you when you brought up the 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 Bruce Wayne and the armor and all of that and um. What I think is interesting about Norman as a character is Norman is essentially answering the question, like, what if Batman were the Joker? That's kind of yeah. what his deal is, right? Is like he's got he's got, you know, two sides to him the way that Batman and Bruce Wayne are like two sides of the same person. But in this mm. particular case. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne's other side is the Joker. Uh, because I mean, you know, yeah. that's basically the idea of the Goblin is that he's, especially in the comics, you know, he is very over the top and very showy and and um 
charismatic sort of mm-hmm. uh you know less so i think in the movie i think he's like less kooky which is i one of the reasons why i love that rooftop scene so much because it's more of like in line with the goblin from the the comics that sort of kooky showman kind mm-hmm. of idea oh, yeah. Yeah. um and so like you get sort of like a glimpse of that in that scene but you know I, 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 I have always, cause I've always heard, I've always heard the goblin, uh, you know, described as, you know, Lex Luthor and the Joker. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think Norman's a little more Bruce Wayne than he is Lex Luthor. Uh, yeah, I'd lean more towards Bruce. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm even thinking now, I mean, not the 89 Batman, but the, um, the, the first Nolan movie, like when they have the first prototype bat suit, it looks a lot like. Mm-hmm. The early prototype goblin glider suits, you know, mm. all these intricate armor bits and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. if you are going to tech fund your own weird battle suit thing, I'm probably less likely to assume you're going the way of heroism <laughs> than <laughs> you are of some sort of weird cackling supervillainy. Mm. Um, well, that's why I was just going to say, yeah, we, we brought up the bit about the which lighting conditions the mask looks looks good in, and again. I just remembered because the last time we really like crowed about the mask looking good was in the burning building sequence. And this sequence is again, mostly lit by fire, quote unquote, you know, right. uh, Like I'm sure there's a lot of uh, lights in here helping it, but the (laughs) idea of the low firelight on the, on the mask seems to make it shine just that little bit more Mm, and uh, look scary. I love it. Definitely looks better in uh, orange temperature light rather than blue temperature light for sure. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, it's pretty yeah. spooky when you see it from afar. Um, yeah. Although my only problem, like I love Willem Dafoe. I think he's an amazing mm. actor. I mean, I always think of him in like Wild at Heart. I love him in that movie. Um, sure. But the only thing I'm unsure on, it, it's like something that me and Niall actually talk about quite a bit. It reminds me of Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Like, because he starts hmm. off with a weird vibe already, even when he's a good guy. So you know he's going to turn bad. Like, he's creepy at the beginning. He just looks creepy. He acts creepy. (laughs) It's hard for you to feel his downfall. And you're like, yeah, there's something up with this guy anyway. I think that's partially, though, the curse of Willem Dafoe, though, because he just is a creepy-looking guy. Like, I remember the the first time I saw Platoon, and I was really shocked that he he was supposed to be the good sergeant. And it was (laughs) Tom Berenger was the bad guy. And I was like... Are you sure you didn't get this mixed up? You know, it's because it's, it's it's Willem Dafoe. Are you crazy? Like it's <laughs> he does look a bit like a demon. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's cast because his face literally looks like the Goblin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he doesn't need the mask. You know, <laughs> of course, so. he was. Uh, he was also up for. He was up for the Joker in '89 as well. And I think um, mm-hmm. of Sam Ham who said like they're they're asking like you know when he, he was kind of writing with. Willem Dafoe in mind and then when he's he was prodded about it and he's like well Willem Dafoe just looks like the Joker so of course I assumed that's who it was going to be and then when it was Jack Nicholson it's like oh well that's that's a bit of a curveball for us but uh, whatever you know <laughs> that's really interesting yeah that makes that yeah. makes a lot of sense though mm. for sure it, it constantly comes up as well as like every time like there's still people who like for you know this constant the, the 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 current um DC universe are like mm-hmm. they refuse to believe that Jared Leto is the Joker, and they're like, no, he's like some sort of sub Joker. They're gonna cast like Willem <laughs> Dafoe, and he's gonna be the proper Joker. And oh, it's, like, it's like, just let it go, guys. Just that's like, the like co- a wishful thinking. Plot, though. Yeah, <laughs> you could imagine that as an actual story in a comic. 
<laughs> yes, yeah. well, I'll never thing. say never. Now uh, it seems <laughs> yeah. like they're trying to get rid of a lot of stuff, deci- bad decisions they've made. <laughs> um, so it could be Batman Beyondy type of thing there. Yeah, yeah. could um, be like a like they just they literally just go to like. Well, you know, we had to we had to go get Josh Whedon. He did the Avengers pretty well. We know that's going to work. And then like people are really into this whole, oh, this this Joker is actually Jason Todd, and like this whole weird theory that's it can, yeah, it, it I, kind of they might have to be like people seem to like it. Let's just do that. Then. Well, I don't I don't like any of, I I don't like any of that. Like I don't need all that <laughs> conspiracy nut stuff. Um, I I think because you know in the comics right now there's three different Jokers. Oh, um, God. So why awesome. like the reveal is that like every time the Joker showed show has shown up, Batman has thought it's the same person, but there's actually three different ones. Um, <laughs> it's like this whole thing that we don't know a whole lot about it other than that. Like they're like uh, like six months ago or something like that um, was the revelation that there may be three Jokers out there and Batman uh. being like, what? Mm. Um, <laughs> do, do we want to know? But we haven't we that? haven't come back to it yet, so I don't know when yeah. they're going to come back to that. I don't know if that's in that new thing, the DC Metal, if it's going to happen in that or some other thing. I'm not sure, but um, it's definitely something that's going to come up because it was in that first DC Rebirth special was where it was first introduced that there's actually three different ones. Mm. Um, so it's entirely possible they'll end up doing something like that. Who knows? Uh, but in any event, I think Willem Dafoe's too old to play the Joker now. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Although Unless they're doing like a Death of Joker Arkham type shenanigans where he's right. like sickly mm. and dying or something. Sure. Yeah. That is yeah. that kind of weird thing because like, Nicholson was 52 at the time. So I'm still like, well, he, he kind of had a go. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. he was, I mean, he was really too old to be playing the Joker <laughs> <Yeah>. too. Um, <laughs> it's just that they'd never made a movie like that before. So they didn't really care. Yeah, he, mm. he somehow uh, yeah. <laughs> pulls it off. I mean, he shouldn't be cast he as does. the Joker in some ways, but he, right. he, yeah. he, he does it. He makes it work. To, to the point where we, we couldn't think of anybody doing a better job at the Joker until Heath Ledger came along. We're just like, oh, well, they're never going to be as good as Jack Nicholson. When it's like, <laughs> you forget that he was kind of an off-the-wall choice in the first place, and yeah. you had to, like, earn the accolade. At, like, oh, he did kind of pull it off. Dang. Yeah. You know, when he was cast, just... everybody was in uproar. It's like, Heath Ledger? The Joker? No. I'm not <laughs> yeah. watching this movie. And then instantly it was like, oh, he's, he's the best thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. I do oh, like it. Oh, it's really like... Good. The idea, though, is the the fact that like Nicholson's been too old. It's kind of like instead of him being, you know, the entity of the Joker, it's more kind of like a ma- a guy who lived an entire life and then decided to spend a bit of his retirement as the Joker. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty old. I'm going to do something I'm going to enjoy for a few years, and uh, I decided to become like a homicidal clown man. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah, sure. homicidal clown man. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this uh, this this thing with him crawling, getting on his hands and knees, and crawling toward the the mm. helmet. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's very obviously uh, designed to mirror Peter's crawling up the wall back in the, when he discovers his oh. spider oh. stickiness. That's what I was. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. That's why that was my, because it seems to be the same, it's the same kind of shot and he's kind of crawling in yeah. the same kind of manner. So I, I assume that was to draw parallels between the two of them. Yeah, maybe they're both like it. embracing yeah. themselves, their new mm. identities. Because you can see that this is potentially Norman's the fact now he's giving in to the goblins demands of like, you know, betrayal must yeah. not be countenanced and all this sort of, and he's like, oh, tell, you know, he's crawling towards him saying like, oh, tell me how. And it's like, it's just right. him now becoming fully, fully embracing his goblin side potentially. And much like when yeah. P- Peter was learning to 
you know crawl the walls it's like well he's finally he's fully yeah becoming he's becoming spider-man and he's the final bits are shifting into place and whatnot but yeah i thought it had like a religious feel to it as well like it's he's worshiping her yeah yeah that's that's the vibe. That's more the vibe that I got. I didn't get this as a callback. I mean, that's interesting, but I I didn't get this as a callback of uh, wall crawling. Um, I definitely got more of like a weird religious, uh, like a religious totem kind of vibe because mm-hmm. because it felt like it felt like almost like a foreshadow to like what Aunt May is doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like All it right. almost seemed like a like kind of like a call forward to that, but. I don't know, but in any event, I just can't help but think about the person who walks into the room and just <laughs> sees uh, Norman just like crawling toward a mask, asking <laughs> it to tell him what to do. Well, presu- uh, God. presumably it would be that butler guy. Like, what would you call him his name? Like Bill Paxton, Houseman, Houseman, yeah, Bernard. Because <laughs> he's Bernard a guy who just, he's going to let anything go. He'll walk in and be like. Very good, sir. <laughs> Just walk back yeah. out again. Like, oh, that's like, so don't, awkward. I don't, I don't question anything that goes on around here. You know. Yeah. Remember once I'll bring I was up in two uh, years. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember uh, once I was uh, singing. I was doing. I decided to practice singing. I was like, I'm going to do some karaoke. And my mum came home, and that was the most embarrassing moment of my life. So this is like that times <laughs> ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do kind of get it. That um, I'm not too sure if the scenes before or after this, but when. Um, Harry kind of walks in on him because he comes into the house and he hears that <laughs> like in the distance. Yeah. It's like he's practicing his goblin cackle. And it's like, Dad. <laughs> it's like oh, uh, Harry, uh, how's, how's it going, son? <laughs> Trying on different cackles. Which one's going to work for me? <laughs> um, I this, this crawling bit isn't in the script. This is obviously something that Raimi and Defoe, uh, you know, thought of on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the script is interesting because it has a little, um, a little bit of additional bits to this, uh, this sequence that I actually think strengthen it, um, mm-hmm. overall, uh, cause what it says is, um, so, so one, uh, it starts with this changes everything, um, instead of the Spider-Man is all but invincible bet. But uh, when when he says, uh, but Parker, Parker is flesh and blood. We can destroy him. Osborne says, I can't. I've been like a father to that boy. He uh, he he's the good son. And oh. the goblin says, which is exactly what he wanted. He came to you, the greedy, open mouth, scheming little orphan. And then Osborne says he did. And the goblin says, plucked your heartstrings like a master, connived his way into your heart, leaving no room for Harry, your true son and heir. And then (laughs) Osborne says, it's true. Oh, God. And now, after everything you've done for Peter Parker, after everything you've taught him, this is how he repays you? What have I done to Harry? What have I done to my own son? What do I do? And then, and so then that's when he says, instruct him in the matters of loss and pain. And mm, then we get mm. the rest of the scene. But Ooh, you amazing. get that additional <laughs> bit of, of that, you know, that father, son, son triangle. Mm. Yeah. That makes a little, the, the through line a little cleaner, I guess. Yeah. This makes you a didn't actually get a lot of that in the finished film. I didn't think there wasn't too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, just, it makes him so much worse as well. It's kind of like, 
oh, I'm passing the buck from my neglect of my own son onto the, some other kid that I've latched onto. It was like, wait a minute, it <laughs> right. was his fault. It was nothing to do with me. It's like, <laughs> right. it's just, you know, it takes two to tango, man. Plus, he's, uh, Peter Parker's just he's, there. He's just a guy who's just hanging around. What do you want from him? You know? Peter, Peter, Peter's just a, just a little uh, foster son floozy. <laughs> I just... I just couldn't help but father this kid. Look at him. It's some heinous victim blaming for sure. For yeah. sure. But Peter's so dorky looking. I mean, look at him. He's a little nerd. <laughs> you just want to look after him, the poor kid. Yeah. I, I do have to say, like, it, it's kind of backtracking a second or two. But like uh, you said, like, leading up to that line of like, you know, uh, what, what can I do? The stance the foe has there, it looks like he's drunk or something. He's kind of got this buckle oh, and legs favorite. just like, oh, what can I do? You know, it's like... It's like- he an takes, open armed supplicant type of thing mm-hmm. where he's just like, oh, what do I do? I love it. He, and he I think takes, it would justify he, it a bit more if we had that previous bit where he yeah. kinda was putting up a bit of a, of a fight against it and then is brought onto the goblin side by that point. He's like, okay, what do I do then? Yeah. <laughs> In like, general, uh, it's a it's a stance that he takes a lot, like as uh, Norman and as the goblin because on the roof he takes a similar stance because we were making fun yeah. of it where we were like right. why can't he straight, like straighten his legs like what what is he doing what <laughs> yeah. is that it's because he's been riding that glider too much the way he, he flies yeah. around on that thing is the same kind of uh, very low <laughs> bent legged like, stance he's trying to give his knees a break yeah <laughs> but like after all this now we'll find out like Willem Dafoe has rickets you jerks you know <laughs> it's like, you can't help it <laughs> sorry Willem <laughs> but I will say as well is that line though of like oh what can i do it always it always automatically my head goes to like oh what can i do what can i do i can imagine the mask going you can act like a man and like smacking him in the face <laughs> like the arm of the chair just hitting him in the side of the head and then ruffling him and going into a full-on marlon brando impersonation <laughs> be awesome wow. so many so many references so many threads going by. can you find them all tell us in the listener group uh, this do we have any more thoughts specifically on the the mask scene versus the uh, the prayer scene uh, uh, with Aunt May? Any hanging threads? No, one of my things like, is just that if um, you talked about the painting that's on the background, because it I can't quite oh. make make out what it is, but it looks creepy as all hell. Like it's oh yeah, it's really yeah. ominous. Like you can make out one, you know, there seems to be a, like a very dark looking almost snape looking kind of uh, figure, <laughs> and he's got two kind of like misshapen things next to him. I can't quite make out what it is, but it's really like, is this like an Osborne of years past? Is this like, you know, yeah. Vlad yeah. the Osborne? There was some sort of, you know, um, a skeleton that's in the, the, the family closet. That's now like, it's prominently featured because of the evil that's going on within the room itself. And Ooh, like, it's yeah. all, that's entirely me spitballing something to, to make something out of nothing. But, uh, no, but I like, I've always kind of presumed it was, uh, maybe Osborne's father. Cause I think in one of the earlier drafts of the screenplay, it's made a little bit more explicitly that this, this house, whatever this, this rooftop estate or whatever was passed down from Norman's father to him and will eventually be passed down to Harry. And so this like, like study drawing room that he does all of his brooding in used to be his father's place. So mm-hmm. I, I was kind of assumed it was the like patriarchal figure looming over it all. But yeah, uh, now, now the only, uh, the only proof of that uh, concept in the finished film is in a, uh, if you, if you freeze frame a, a newspaper, you can, you can read about uh, Norman's father and how he took That's over the right. company. Um, yeah. cause like in a, in a way, in a way, you know, he is sort of the, 
the I mean, I hate to use this uh, comparison, but, you know, evil, whatever. Um, <laughs> he's basically the Donald Trump where mm, he took sure. over the company from his father who started the company. Uh, yeah. And and here he is, the the Donnie Jr., um, where you just look at him and you're like, this guy's going to run this into the ground <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, and so that was that was kind of the the concept of this uh, this sort of like family hierarchy um, was that Norman had relatively recently um, taken over the company from from his his father, like within the past like ten years. Mm, uh, right. So he's like barely keeping it afloat, which is why all of this stuff with like, you know, the board wanting him out because they don't think he deserves it and mm. yada, yada. So, yeah, it's all there. So, yeah, it's definitely got to be some Osborne of the past, I assume. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, oh, the only other thing, the other thing that really struck me was um, they have that sort of like long mask. There's one with like three eyes. And it's like mm-hmm. a elongated nose and stuff, but it, it's know, for some reason it just reminded me a bit of uh, in um, in Beetlejuice when they have to when Alec Baldwin oh, no. and Gina Davis are having to make their, themselves really scary and he like, oh yeah absolutely is is nose and whatnot. It's just it's kind of a bit like that. Plus that scene, yeah. that whole thing in Beetlejuice doesn't make any sense to me because you see it. <laughs> You see, early on in the film, there's a bit where like they open up the closet and Gina Davis pulls off her face, and then the Catherine yeah. O'Hara just you know looks past it, and that's like, no, you got to learn to be scary, and this is what they've done. It's like she already pulled off her face. Like, what more can you do? <laughs> this film makes no sense. But like, that's that's you know, you know I would bring it up with Beetlejuice minute, but they're done, so I'm gonna have to <laughs> vent on right, you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we got to get it on the airwave somehow. It, it also it reminds me a bit of the um. There's like a whole weird sequence in Labyrinth, as if all the sequences in Labyrinth are weird. Yeah, I was going to say. There's a sequence in Labyrinth with like the guys whose like arms and heads pop off. These like fire mm-hmm. eat, eater things that all run. I have these cackly sort of. That's what that mask reminds me of is those weird little beaky mm. um, thingamajigs that, that happen. Oh, yeah. Aren't they like throwing their heads around and things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they play games. They like build. It's so it's just like a weird random song in the latter half of Labyrinth. They're like, I don't know what this I don't feel like she learned anything here. Yeah, it's, uh, it reminds sort of. I remember that bit in Labyrinth because I, I saw Labyrinth like quite late on, and and you know, compared to most people, like I saw it when I was like over eighteen, and I do sure, remember sure. thinking like, did I not see this sequence in like Sesame Street or something? It's just like a random <laughs> probably, thing that you win, and I feel like it's probably true. It's like they probably yeah, we just took the the handsome company, we do what we want, we just took a bit and threw it yeah. in an episode of Sesame Street, and it's like. All right, man. Well, you're puppets, man. Do what you want. <laughs> do weird, do weird puppets, man. Go all the way. Nobody yeah, questions no. Sesame Street. Mm. No, no, of course. It's the, it's the place where all the monsters live. You know, it's exactly. like uh, the Eldritch horrors sort of leaking into New York City. You know, just a just a street and a neighborhood where there's monsters <laughs> and trash cans and hanging out of you know swing sets and whatnot. It's fine. <laughs> it's not weird at all. Uh, um, the only other thing I've got really is just to thank you for this minute, right? Because. As I said at the start, I haven't seen this movie in years and years. I actually last watched it in 2003. Um, oh, wow. I know, yeah. <laughs> so it was when it came out on DVD. I, I saw it, well, I saw it on, in 2002, and then I saw it again in two, 2003. Never watched it again. Because back, back at the, that kind of time, I didn't really like superhero movies or anything sure. like that. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I don't consider Batman to be part of that. That's separate. <laughs> Controversial. But yeah, he's not a superhero. <laughs> But yeah, okay. when I sat down to watch this yesterday, without knowing what minutes I had, because I didn't even look, 
this was this solved the whole movie to me. Th- this whole sequence, his acting and everything. Mm. I, I bought the character because previously I thought the goblin. Yeah. He seems he seemed a bit too silly to me. The way he's flying around on that glider, I was like, ah, that's a bit too far fetched. Mm. But this scene mm. just made me buy into it straight away. I was sold. I was like, yes, I'm gonna like doing this. Mm. See, like, oh. see, like, I'm 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 sold on all the the campy silliness of of the glider scenes and stuff because, like, I, I I I just like a good villain. Like, I've always been my way of just like. I'll, if you get a, a good villain in a film, like I, I, I will follow it, you know, to the the gates of hell. Like, well, you I've have been s- known to dress as M Bison from the Street Fighter movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, uh, like, like, you know, I've seen Masters of the Universe more times than I care to count, and it's entirely because of <laughs> Frank Langella. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll appreciate like a nice nuance, you know, subtle. You know, like a Daniel Plainview, you know, villain, like that kind of thing. But at the same time, sure. like, um, I, uh, my heart does soar a little with joy when I like see, you know, you know, someone speeding away, going, "We'll meet again, Spider-Man." Like, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but be like, "Oh, I, oh, I love it! I love it so much." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So let's talk about Aunt May praying. Mm. Yeah, uh, she does it. And seeming, doing your nightly, nightly prayer, seemingly praying to a picture of Uncle Ben for some reason. Yeah, that's yeah. what I. Yeah, that's a little weird, right? I mean, I guess mm. I, I, I understand that, like you know, she wants you know her her deceased husband to be a part of her prayers or whatever, and that's probably what's going on. But it is weirdly blocked so that it does appear yeah. that she is praying directly to uh, Ben. Mm. Yeah. Do we not all Which do that odd. to our partners, living or deceased? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, I feel like there's a version of this where he could have been like on a side table next to her as she's yeah. leaned over the bed praying. You know, that might track a little better. But it's literally just like, oh, Ben, she like brought it over. Hat. She brought it <laughs> yeah. over to the bed, yeah. laid it down in front of her, <laughs> and mm. will presumably, when she's finished, get up and go put it back on her bedside table. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, it's also, shit. as far as pictures of Uncle Ben go, this is like, I, this is a pretty seventies looking Uncle Ben in his like <laughs> denim jacket, and he's got the he's got his shirt collar over his coat collar, mm. and yeah, buddy, um, he's pulling yeah. it off though. It's a good look for him. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, like yeah. Americana incarnate. I've, he's uh, got the baseball cap and everything. Of <laughs> of. Bad memories like related to things like that because uh, when I was in university, I did a documentary making course, and um, mm-hmm. I remember one point like we did, um, you know, you set up your shot where like it's an over the shoulder thing. So I'm interviewing the person, and you see like the back of my head and the bit of my shoulder and stuff, and it went through the whole thing. And then I was like, right, I got everything cut, printed, put on a DVD, and like the day before submission, I was like, I'll show it to my friends just to see if they say anything about it. And I noticed that mm-hmm. um, behind my shoulder, you could see the jacket I'm wearing, my collar was completely messed up and like yanked up over it. And the whole time my friend, my friend Dave was just like, what was what, what with that? And to this day, to this day, he brings it up. But uh, <laughs> so as soon as I see an out of place Jesus. collar, I'm like, oh, and that's why like, I had to drop this. out of university and uh, why I've spent several years <laughs> turning tricks in the street. But uh, uh, change your name. Stories, yeah. <laughs> I knew Niall was a fake name. (laughs) (laughs) One of many, so. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get away from it. Um, I, 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 I find it interesting and I, I don't know, I, you know, I've, I've never, you know, made my way around New York or anything, but 
Uh, I find the the box air conditioning air conditioner unit that is uh, installed in a hole in Aunt May's wall. Whoa. Really interesting because usually <laughs> usually the box AC goes in a window. Yeah, uh, but ah. this is literally installed into her wall, like directly into her wall. Mm. Um, I, well, you're talking to the wrong guys here. In in the UK, you will not see air conditioning anywhere. No, <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. No, why? Well, it, no. it's never hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> it's very very rare occasion where you'll ever need to even put on a fan. You know, it's just yeah. like... <laughs> no, I suppose that's a fair point. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't own a fan. That's a good point. I, I should probably get one just in case, but I don't have a fan. So to <laughs> yeah. me, that looked perfectly normal. That was fine. The wallpaper was yeah. shockingly terrible, but, you know, otherwise... Yeah, the I mean, whole, it, looks like like an old, it looks like an old lady's... Uh, yeah. It looks like an old lady's bedroom. That's the thing. I wasn't oh, too yeah. sure to bring it up now or later, because like, this, this floral motif seems to follow Aunt May throughout these minutes like she's it's obsessed with flowers but the <laughs> oh yeah yeah but the, the the box air conditioning things it always reminds me again uh, you know over here you just wouldn't you wouldn't have that so it's a completely mm-hmm. foreign concept but uh, it always reminds me of um like an episode of seinfeld where i think he gets he gets the same kind of thing and he's like um george is installing it for me then he just plops on the window shuts the window a bit and he's like there you go it's installed but the, like, I remember because later on it falls out the window and ends up like horribly injuring someone. Um, like the whole time oh, I'd yeah. be like, is that just not a constant threat in New York now? People are just <laughs> hanging these things in the window. It's like, what the hell? No, is- it totally is. Mm. 100% is a constant threat. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> it just, <laughs> you got you to gotta keep your window cool. You got to yes. keep your place. It's like living under that tension of like, well, you know, we've had this whole hover you know during the Cold War. We had a nice few years of not knowing about, you know, potential nuclear annihilation. And then we got over that, mm-hmm. so now we have to you know, put air conditioners in the windows <laughs> precariously to make ourselves feel yeah, on edge all the time. But, uh, they're like cartoon anvils, essentially, just like waiting <laughs> to come, come slam it down on you. What yeah, would be true. the UK equivalent worry, Niall? I'm trying to think. I mean, when we were, when we were kids, we were always told to uh, watch out for acid rain for some reason that never happened. Oh that my never. God. <laughs> It was always like this horrible dystopian future we were told was going to occur. <laughs> so that, that, I think they, over here they must have had like a... Because I don't think we had anything like, you know, pre- precarious things hanging. Potentially they're going to fall on you at any given moment. <laughs> but uh, I do know, you know, myself included, people who are frequently anxious all the time. So I think it might have been more of like a slow burn psychological thing that they did to the kids <laughs> rather than just tell them, yeah. oh, there's a thing well, that's going to fall on you. It's more like... It, it's just it's subtly placed in through like uh, <laughs> subliminally throughout you know the school years and whatnot about you know the the impending doom of everything even though everything in your life is perfectly fine <laughs> you'll just be constantly worried for no reason but uh, well that's why i now have a therapist so you know yeah. it's obviously done the job <laughs> But uh, speaking just of things like, that just come out of nowhere. Um, yeah, well, yeah. okay, so so a couple of things. Um, one, we, uh, well, for one, the script is a little different here. Um, obviously, she's saying the same prayer. That doesn't change. Uh, but what does change is that the whole thing is done in this one shot where you can see the window behind her. And outside the window, you see the goblin coming from the distance and getting closer and closer. And then he stops out front 
and cocks his head to the side, listening to her prayer before throwing the pumpkin bomb <laughs> and blowing <laughs> up the window. Um, oh, I don't like that which, as much. I like the surprise. Oh, okay. I I, yeah. I, I I like the idea of seeing him cock his head to the side, like <laughs> listening to her. Well, um, I don't know. When I was watching this yesterday and this happened, I genuinely jumped out my seat. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. Oh, nice. I, I forget awesome. this scene exists. I, I've seen this mm-hmm. movie dozens of times. And I always kind of like when I'm thinking back through the plot in my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then there's the festival and then there's the Thanksgiving thing. And then we have a hospital bit. But I forget that in the middle, there's like a literal like terrorist attack on the household <laughs> where a <laughs> hole gets blown in the wall of their like, you know, Aunt May and Uncle Ben's home. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. she gets ter- like scared half to death. But I forget that this happens. So when I'm like <laughs> trotting along. Oh yeah, mask this. Oh yeah, shot of the street. Oh wait. Oh yeah, this is a thing. Like it comes yeah. out of nowhere, even in your they, memories. Well, I, I love it because um, they have to attack Peter's heart, and Norman is like, "Well, I don't. I mean, he doesn't have anyone but Aunt May. It's like <laughs> the only person. This kid's a total loser. Like he's all he got is Aunt May. So I guess we're gonna friends. go fight an old lady." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the poor uh, woman as well. What's she ever done to anyone? Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I suppose I should save it because the line itself comes up uh, in the next the next minute. But like, I frequently yeah. remember the scene because I constantly quote one of the you know the, the upcoming lines of me and my Ooh. friend uh, Michael Davy, like who we may be listening. I don't know, but um, mm. uh, yeah, it's it it actually earlier in this minute. Uh, my other friend, Anthony, he used to be obsessed with this film. Like, he was really, mm-hmm. he was a diehard Spider-Man fan for, like, a couple of years. And then he, lo- he lost it after the whole Andrew Garfield business. I think even with Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. he was just like, nah, I'm out. Um, but, <laughs> Am uh, I the only person who liked Garfield? Sorry, that'll take us on another tangent. Carry on. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> right. but no, he used to frequently just throw into conversations out of nowhere, just, uh, betrayal must not be countenance, because he just loved that. <laughs> <laughs> and for years, like, uh, and he, had to, he had to correct me when I, cause I, I messaged him I was like, when I saw this minute. I was like, oh my God, I've got the, the trail must not be countenance. And he's like, because I, I thought it was the trail. And he's like, no, betrayal? you idiot. It's betrayal. Well, I'm, betrayal. How many times have I told you this? It's betrayal. <laughs> Amazing. That's probably my favorite um, line of the film as well. We, we, we made yeah. fun of, um, earlier in the movie, we made fun of uh, the last time the goblin uh, burst through a window. Um, mm. We made fun of it because they cut to a very obviously restaged uh, scene where the office, like it's in the daily bugle office and you've got like a really obvious J Jonah Jameson stump man, uh, like <laughs> sitting like upright in a gigantic office. That's like three times the size of the regular office, regular set <laughs> um, to get this wide shot of the explosion. And we made fun of how bad that was um, <laughs> like, just really look really, really bad. And then here it, this looks amazing. I don't oh, know how, yeah. I don't know how they did this and why they didn't do this for the J. Jonah Jameson scene. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't know if that was like a reshoot that they just didn't like how they shot it originally. And they were like, well, we'll just do this or something. I don't, I don't know because this looks amazing. Like I literally, I'm like looking at this and I don't really know how they did it. I assume there's a green screen involved, but I don't know where the green screen starts and the practical sets 
stops yeah. and I yeah it doesn't I don't look green I don't know screen, I don't know it? how they did this mm. I was going to ask yeah. you if is there any sort of practical element to it but I mean because it looks like she is just kneeling there and taking an explosion to the back of the head <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy <laughs> it's bananas it's as as best as I can presume like the the debris that comes towards us is all CGI but that they did you know pull away a practical set there behind her but I feel like it might more have gone more like upright, and then the stuff that comes towards us is added in later. Mm. But it, I, as far as I can tell, there's a there's a pretty substantial, real physical component there, and mm-hmm. that they did it with Rosemary Harris in the scene. It's not a stunt person subbed in at the last second. That's what really makes it sort of hurt or or scary. It was like, no, yeah. that's really the principal actor right there. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> there's a there's a point where. You can tell that she shifts to having like that, that, you know, notable, you know, green screen black line around her um, Mm -hmm. once the explosion gets like really heavy. And so I'm wondering if maybe they use the explosion as like a cut or something or like plated it and then replaced it in post and cut her out of it or something. But like whatever they did. It works so good. Well, like this, yeah. th- this is this looks awesome. Oh, it's amazing. Scary. I mean, because there's some obviously not to have a go at the movie, but there are some CG parts of this that don't hold up too well. Which is oh, oh yeah, no yeah. Spider Man yeah. looks Spider Man looks like a water balloon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it, yeah, he looks really weird every time he's swinging. This might just be me, but they they contort no. his body in very strange ways. It's almost sexual. It's very peculiar. No, you're right on there. Yeah, yeah. but That's this very, like whoa. this looks amazing. This would look great in a movie now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I do love that this um, is also the goblins' like default entrance into anywhere. It's yeah. just like, it reminds me. He kind of throws a pumpkin bomb into a window <laughs> and then I do comes remember, through it. I think kind of like the Kool Aid like, Man. Uh, like a couple of years back, there was a there was some kind of comic. I remember seeing the panels go around from it, where it was um, like uh, it was Spider Man and Doctor Doom had to team up for some reason because that's what happens in comics all the time. Sure. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember it was something like he he blew a hole in the wall and walked through it, and Spider Man's like, "Why don't you just walk in through the door?" And he's like, "Doom, <laughs> walk through the door like a commoner. Of course, I have to make myself known." And he's like, you "Just walk through the door. It's so much less expensive." <laughs> no, Doom will not lower himself to the, the status of doors. And that was one of his taking his. his, his, his he saw the Green Goblin doing it. He's like, "I'm still on that. I'm, I'm, I want this. Yeah, yeah. I want this pronounced well, I mean, entrance to everywhere." <laughs> well, in terms of the Green Goblin, like without the glider, is he the Green Goblin? I mean, really. Um, and so like, you know, he's got to make room for the, the glider. There's, there, there are no glider accessible entrances in New York. Uh, and so he's got to make them. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Everything's a glider accessible entrance when you got a pumpkin bomb. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like, uh, because we keep, um, mentioning the words pumpkin bomb, cause me and John have a friend who's in a band called pumpkin bomb. So I feel like we should oh, no do, way. we should do a little plug for them. <laughs> that's, yeah, shout out, yeah, pumpkin that, that's, I uh, have that's never a thing, made so. the connection though that that was a reference to this, but it probably is. <laughs> it was def- yeah. definitely, definitely is. <laughs> How the hell did I not pick up on that? I've known him for years. <laughs> it's been in this band for like like six years as well. You you seriously <laughs> never made the connection before? No, no. Oh God, Amazing. I'm falling apart on air. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna well, to, uh, cut, cut out the shout out now because like 
our friend Gaz can't know this. Like so. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, plugs and falling apart on the air, why don't you guys? Uh, why don't you guys? Uh, uh, yeah, plug your plug your show. Tell people about Batman in '89. Uh, well, yeah. uh, do you want to take a John, or should I go ahead? Or well, I'm glad to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want there to listen go. to two people. Uh, falling apart on the air three days a week <laughs> you can tune into bat minute 89 because we're doing the exact same thing as all of these podcasts but with uh, tim burton's 1989 movie batman uh, so you can you know check that out anywhere you can get your podcasts and you can uh, get Beautiful. in touch with us on facebook at the bat minute 89 listeners society or on twitter which is also at bat minute 89 we're not very original yeah we are we're <laughs> getting to good points now because we Today we recorded the uh, the Joy Buzzer uh, killing of uh, Antoine Rotelli, and I think we just <laughs> aired awesome. yesterday, or the day before yesterday. Uh, it is um, it was actually the scene in the Armory. I think that was the the scene that just mm-hmm. aired. So like, if you jump on now, you're getting in at a good point. Things are about to start <laughs> properly happening in the film now. So, but you should probably go to the start because otherwise you're a bit strange. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Totally. Although we do have a, a, a bizarre surge in the on the on the stats. The third episode is the most downloaded. So presumably, Amazing. a lot of people have just gone like, "I'm not listening to them talking about credits. I'm going to go straight in." <laughs> yeah. So like, that's the only explanation we can think of. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that checks out, I think. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 a great show and if you guys like what we do here, you guys will love what uh John and Niall are doing over there. So, uh go check that out. Plus, they only come out 3 times a week. So, you know, you're only adding three more episodes a week rather than uh, a full five. Mm. So that was the exact <laughs> reason we chose to do that, to be honest. It was like, well, yeah. as a podcast listener, I haven't got time for all these shows. Let's do less. Yeah. It's beneficial to both the audience and us because it, I think if we had tried tackling doing five, we would no longer exist as humans we would just have fallen apart <laughs> altogether because even push recording three a week is a uh, pushing our time quite a bit so <laughs> oh you're preaching to the choir yeah, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um all right well uh thanks guys uh can you join us again for tomorrow uh i mean i'll have to move some things around but yeah probably i'll see <laughs> i'll right. see if i'll pop awesome. in after lunch yeah i'll, I'll like <laughs> okay i've got to clean my cat's litter tray out maybe after i do that you know mm. well uh you guys can uh if you want to keep up with us uh every day and 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 you know talk to us and the other people in the spider-man minute community then you're going to want to join the uh, spider-man minute listener friendly neighborhood listener group on uh, facebook uh if you're not there you're missing out on all kinds of uh fun spider-man stuff uh so go Mm -hmm. go check that out if you're on facebook and we will be back tomorrow with minute 92 bye everybody I...